Hey, hey everybody. We, uh, as you'll notice in this episode, we haven't seen the previous three episodes, the last three episodes of season two. We skipped them. We made a boo-boo. Yeah. So, uh, the last episode that we saw as of today is, uh, the season, no, not the season finale, but the season opener for season three. And then we missed three episodes. Now we're on episode 20. That, that is what we watched today. Uh, there were, uh, mistakes were made. Yeah. But uh, we hope that you will bear with us. Yeah. I mean, we, we never know what we're talking about anyways, so it's just an extra layer of that yeah. this week. Yeah, and if uh, if this is uh, extremely frustrating for you that uh, we screwed up, uh, you should totally tweet at us. Yes. If uh, you, you enjoyed this uh, deviation from the norm, also tweet at us. Yeah. We, we can do it on purpose. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we could purposely fuck up next time. Yeah. yeah, we could. This is all just us trying to generate controversy. Or maybe not. Yeah. yeah. Genuine issue or genuine mistake. <laughs> As uh, everyone knows who read Eric Bischoff's biography, Controversy <laughs> Creates Cash. <laughs> and that's what we're doing. Yeah. We're controversial. We're edgy. Yeah. You guys, yeah, we like you guys sticking with us anyway. As we kind of go over some of this other stuff, it's going to be fun, so join us. Yeah. Bear with us. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy the episode. In fact, polar bear with us. I'll stop right there. <laughs> I'll show myself right out of this studio. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and good night. What's up with that, bro? It's the podcast where we are watching the TV show Lost in reverse order from the last episode to the first episode. Or as we like to say here, we have to go back words, mostly, with one of our hosts, Chad Wago, who's never seen Lost before. I have not ever watched Lost except in combination with the recording of this podcast. With that disclaimer out of the way, let me introduce our third host, AJ Nieves. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. And this week, we're considering Lost Season 3. Oh, well, no, no, no. Let's back it up. Season 2, Episode 20, uh, entitled Two for the Road. Um, our basic synopsis getting in tonight is Jack and Kate bring Michael back to camp along with some other information about the others. And Lucia tries to get the prisoner to confess. So how are we feeling about this one tonight? Uh, I was very excited to see Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah. Uh, it was a total surprise to me to see <laughs> her because the last time I saw her was in the alternate universe for one episode. Yeah. Yeah. There was an audible cheer while we were watching this <laughs> when Michelle Rodriguez popped up on screen. Uh, she's great. I, I, I loved her in the episode. I loved her on the show. And I'm glad that we got this one. I just love her in general. <laughs> she's fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we get we get her in this episode, um, and she is uh, she's repping that character, Anna Lucia, whatever that means. But yeah, she's <laughs> she's great. I mean, um, we get a little bit back more backstory into Anna Lucia. Um, what do you remember about Anna Lucia from seeing her in the Flash Sideways chat? That she was a cop. Yeah, yeah, and that comes back to Bear. In that's this episode. it. And that's it. That's the only information that I got about her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. You know, we did see her one time as an, a hallucination, probably by. Uh, Hurley, when he was driving his car around L.A. Oh, I forgot yeah, about that. She, she pulled him over. Mm-hmm. That's right. Ghost or hallucination, though. Yeah, she told him to, like, chill on the speeding and all that yeah. stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, I remember. It's all coming back. But uh, one of the things that we find out about her at the very beginning of the episode is that she killed the dude. 
Yeah. Yeah. What is what is the the general? I what is the whole reason why she killed this guy? Is Apparently, that, that guy shot her. Right. So yeah. when he showed up later, and they're like, "Oh, we got the guy that shot you." She's like, "No, nah, he didn't shoot me." And they're like, "Really?" She's like, "Yeah, it's cool. You guys should let him go." <laughs> I'm going to hunt him down and kill him myself. <laughs> a week later or something yeah. like that, right? And um, I love that this episode goes straight into it, and we kind of find out a little bit more what kind of personality she has, which is one of an eye-for-an-eye eye type. Well, not an eye-for-an-eye, eye, but but um, Anna don't take no shit, apparently. Like, you, like she, will, she will murder you straight up. Well, apparently she won't, is what we find out at the end, Yeah, is that uh, she's had her fill of murdering people, which is something that I wish that more cops in America felt like. (laughs) She went one guy and she was good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It wasn't like Pringles. Once you pop, you can stop. (laughs) Uh, Well, in this episode, we have uh, have, uh, uh, Henry Gale as being pretended to be by Efri as uh, by Ben. No, I didn't know his last fake name. Oh, okay. Or his fake last name. That's that's the way that yeah, the words go. Yeah, um, and they were all just kind of calling yeah. him Henry, which is seemed a little um, it could kind of seemed a little um, yeah, it was interesting because like we didn't we didn't we didn't hear Ben being referenced as uh, Henry maybe a little bit in in uh, season three stuff. Yeah, they we mentioned were, a Henry. We didn't know who he was. Mm. I th- I think that. Locke called him Henry uh, at one point, like to his face. Right, maybe one of the last episodes that we saw. Mm-hmm. I see. I think it was the one where uh, he was laid up in bed, oh. healing from the surgery. Oh, okay. Yeah, but yeah. we get to see uh, we get to see Ben try and mastermind yeah. uh, his way out, leading uh, Locke to believe that uh, he is special and he needs to go and be with the others. Yeah. Amazing. I love that so much because we know before this Henry Gale character later, which turns out to be Ben Linus, he's he's got all the goods on most of these 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 people. So he's he's aware and he's a master manipulator like we already mentioned. So, you know, he's going to find an in for that. And um, and he, he's excellent as a master manipulator because he goes straight in for uh, for Locke and he knows exactly how, what buttons to push because Locke has believed this about himself forever that he was special or has some kind of ability well Um, don't we all want to believe that we're special yeah i suppose so and i think in the case of Locke, it plays a little harder on him because of the whole you know he was disabled before coming to the island and and also too like through Locke's life he's he's been charlie brown in it his whole life but um it's every time he gets that football gets moved away in the previous episodes that we saw we uh, according to to Locke, he could have had multiple opportunities, which, you know, I guess it didn't show through in some of those Locke episodes were, um, um, were uh, Richard, Albert, yeah, I, was, I was just about to say eyeliner guy, <laughs> well, when Richard comes back into the picture. Richard eyeliner. <laughs> Dick eyeliner. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. so good. So, I mean, because Richard was showing up in his life, throughout his life, trying to recruit him onto the island, I mean... Does that mean that Ben actually was kind of sent there for that? Do you think that was actually part of his orders from Jacob? Oh, to that's get a good question. Was he telling the truth? Was it an order from Jacob? Mm. Because when he said the man in charge, he didn't say Jacob. That's true. He just said that the man in charge was a great man, a brilliant man, 
an unforgiving man. Yeah. And I believe that those are all traits that Ben believes that he has. Oh, he's talking about himself. Yeah, I could see that. I felt that through the dialogue. Um, is he talking about himself or is he talking about Jacob? I think they left this purposely vague. <laughs> and it's some season two stuff. So they, I think they, they kept themselves open so they could go this way. But I believe hearing interviews in the past that they liked Michael Emerson so much as the uh, Henry Gale slash Ben Linus character that they decided to keep him on. Um, previous to his role on Lost, he actually did some stuff, I believe it was like on Law and Order, where mm-hmm. he was uh, known for playing the creep. So he plays the creep really well yeah. with those nice bug eyes yeah. that everybody credits him with and all that stuff. He was uh, actually on, I think, last season of Arrow. Oh. Yeah, he was a criminal mastermind guy. Oh, wow. Yeah, it seems like he's following it. I know um, after Lost had ended, maybe about a year or two later, he ended up um, on that... CBS show Person of Interest and yeah. I think the lead there was uh, another Lost member that we're familiar with Desmond um, the, the actor that plays Desmond was oh no 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 I, made, I messed that up it was actually the Jesus guy yeah. <laughs> it was like the Passion of the Christ guy I can't remember his name Jim Caviezel yeah. there you go yeah I, yeah, I don't know why I thought it was it was Desmond but <laughs> when I, yeah anyway now Desmond kind of looks Jesus-y I guess yeah, yeah. I mean Technically, the person who looks most like Jesus on this show uh, is neither of those characters. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck, I forgot. I forgot his name. Saeed. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, yeah. He's got a Jesus quality to him. Yeah, I mean, he's <laughs> got the right complexion for Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this, I mean, rocketing right into this episode, we open up with, uh, with them finding Michael in the woods, and we come to find out later on the episode... Uh, his plot would dictate that that Michael has actually been put in as a sleeper agent. They kind of they touch on it a little bit. The thing that doesn't make sense to the losties when they get Michael back is that there was no trade off. The others weren't there to hand him off. He was just in the woods, so they couldn't. They I don't think they could make heads or tails of it. But it feels like there's a lot of these convenient these convenient fo- you know foibles that occur within the episode, and I I don't know just. This one almost didn't hit too well for me. Because, like, if there's a guy that's been sent over to the other side of us or whatever, I don't know what the, how Michael got to see all these people, but he comes back. It's No, oh, did he get? Wait, no, he did get to see them because he's given the orders to. Or so he says he, so he says yeah. he has seen them. No, he says that he's seen them, but he lies. Like, that. that's all made up shit. Yeah. Like, he's obviously, well, obvious in retro view because we're <laughs> watching backwards yeah. uh that he is lying and he's trying to get the losties to charge to others camp mm. but at the time where if we were watching it in the right order we would just be like oh he's giving them information yeah. from scouting the camp right like michael's back mm-hmm. good old trustworthy loyal michael yeah. this is definitely you know throughout the show whenever you get bits of information about the others and stuff like that like, that's a real juicy piece of info like oh they they live in tents and they don't have any shoes yeah guns they have their own hatch we only know about one hatch right now maybe yeah he made it a point to say that they were dirty they had two guns mostly women so he was really playing it up to them to like give them like yeah this is gonna be a this is gonna be an easy raid for us yeah. or whatever of course we know that that Michael is lying by the end of this episode um, but early on, yeah, like, uh, yeah, I guess it wouldn't be too strange because they, they've had, like, what, two seasons of adventures together? And yeah. 
they're familiar with him and his son, and they know what his motivation is, just to get his son back. But, yeah, I'm surprised. But I guess I wonder if we had, like, Saeed, the torturer, in the mix, if he would have sussed out something. No. This is, like, this is if the show went in a different direction. Yeah. But, like, if Saeed was there or Sawyer was there to, like, notice it's a con. Yeah. No, if, if the con man caught the con. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been great. I do like what we get in the, in the form of the off-island story. The Anna Lucia stuff was kind of fun and compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, they they partner up with Christian Shepherd this episode, which I thought was wild. And I'm glad they did it because it was kind of fun to see those two. <laughs> it was almost like, I, I wonder how they how they went about it, but um, or how they went about choosing which characters to partner these other characters with. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I liked it. I, I was... It was a it was a very interesting feel that we got between um, Christian Shepherd and Analysia, and it was it was nice because it wasn't romantic, and he wasn't giving off creep vibes, but he almost gave off like, yeah, I want you to come and be my bodyguard. But it was almost like dad vibes, drunken dad vibes. Uh, I don't know if that scans. It later was dad vibes. In the beginning, when he's talking to her in the airport, it's just like, yeah, this is uh, this does not seem platonic, right? It, it wasn't necessarily that he was creeping on her, but it it seemed like something where if she said no, it would be like, no, old man, I'm not going to fuck you in Australia. Yeah, because yeah, that seems like that's what he was building towards, mm-hmm. right? Like, and then he's like, bodyguard. I want you to be my bodyguard. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, we should use fake names. I'm going to give you my son's wife's name. Yeah. Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Um, have... what, what did they say that the name of uh, her victim was? Who Anna Lucia killed? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. The mother kind of, um, she touches on it in the beginning. Yeah, she yes. mentions the name of the Vic, and uh, it's actually captioned wrong, I think. Oh. Because it didn't sound like the same thing that I read on the mm. screen. Like, it sounded like she said the last name was, like, McNamara or something. Right. But on the screen it said Abner. Oh. Hmm. Unless that's an alternate pronunciation. Right. It could be that she had a little bit of that Mexican accent. But was it Tom? <laughs> I, I don't know. It would be amazing if it were. Yeah, that Tom. would that would be that would have a very deep meaning. Otherwise, he's he's named after Tom Friendly, played by MC Ganey, my favorite rapper. <laughs> uh, let's see. We're gonna cut out. Jason McCr- Jason McCormack. McCormack is uh, what she said, but uh, on the screen said something different. Hmm. Okay. Weird. But uh, apparently, that's not where she pulled the name Tom from. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's Jason Tom, the world-famous beatboxer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, based on this, I think I think we're going to get another Anna Lucia uh, episode where maybe she gets shot. Maybe we can see her go down that path or maybe we wouldn't feel so odd about her taking, um, what do they call it? I guess it's vengeance, but yeah. street justice? I don't know which. Yeah, like a little vigilanteism. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's the word. Punisher stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really bother me that much. Yeah, yeah. But um, we, we get those scenes with her and her mother, and her mother is also someone in the police department, too. So we see these two women that are in the police department. Her mother gives off kind of like this um, strong vibe or strong, you know... Uh, like, she's, she seems like uh, she would be like, Anna Lucia, you're a loose cannon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I love seeing that in TV and film, where they have, like, the, the strong female protagonist leads. And then, like, I, I'm glad that we kind of got this with the Anna Lucia thing. It kind of harkens back to, it's, just, it's a little off, but, like, um, like the Alien franchise, they usually feature a lot of strong female leads in their, in their films and, and all that, where it's a lot of, a lot of that. Um, I think 
Michelle Rodriguez pulls it off really well. But I, I remember hearing like there was there was an not an issue with her acting, but you know Michelle. I Rodriguez, thought the issue with her was their drunk driving. Yeah. yeah, it was her and the um the other actress that died in this episode. Oh yeah, Libby. Right. I think they all that stuff happened. Wait, wait. It was the two of them that got busted. It was the two of them. They were both in the car together. And they, and they get written out of the show in an episode called Two for the Road. There you go. Oh. Yeah. Wow. That's mean. Right? That is, that's savage, Lost Riders. <laughs> I remember um, watching the news when it happened here on the island, because mm-hmm. they covered it here locally, where um, a police officer had pulled them over. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez was driving, and the um, her co-actor was in the passenger seat. And uh, I believe what happened was... They were arresting her, and there it was. There was a. It was being filmed, but I remember Michelle Rodriguez saying that you're cuffing me like an animal. You're cuffing me like an animal, and she was kind of like yelling out into the camera while they were. I don't know how it was recorded, but I just remember that in my mind that she was saying that you're treating me like a, like an animal, and then they had arrested her for being drunk and uh, the other actor too. It's funny because yeah, right after Cynthia Watros plays Libby. There you go. So after they had gotten arrested, I remember um, ABC had released some kind of press, or like AB, or maybe just the show. The showrunners were saying something like, "No, they're great. We're you know, you know, things happen, but we're going to keep moving along with the show." But I, I believe the sentiment was like, "No, we're we're not getting rid of anybody." And then like at the end of the season, both of them were gone in the same yeah. episode. Um, but yeah, it's it's got to be tough. Like I, I wonder because this is such a big cast, so many different actors that 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 are part of the show um so and i guess they had some issues in the past with certain actors you know yeah. the the echo character um wanted more money for the following seasons and he mm-hmm. didn't get it so they wrote him off the show it just seems like um yeah like for a show like this you can kill off people but for the long game that they're playing um it seems like it kind of threw a wrench into some of the stuff they were doing because you know um just what like- do you think that they would have done differently if uh those two had lived I don't know, because I think the idea is, like, if they had more plot, more story to explore with these characters after mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. season. But, you know, it seems almost like once you get the once you get the general feel for the character, there's not much else you can do. I mean, I feel like you can do a lot. Cause yeah, well, I think definitely with Libby's character, like, they have, she has this budding romance with Hurley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cut short. Yeah. Like, straight up cut short, homegirls grabbing blankets for a picnic, and boom, two in the stomach. It's over for her. Um, I guess they could have tried to explore that more. Yeah, they probably would have. <laughs> if they didn't, if they didn't do with what happened, yeah. didn't happen. Because like there was also that whole dangling. Um, yeah, it seemed like they didn't know what to do with Hurley uh, mm. in season three. Well, I, I was thinking about it. I'm like Hurley gets dark in season three. Like he kills that guy with a van. Yeah, but that's not till the things. end. There's some other stuff I think I listed that we figured out in season three that he was doing that was kind of. I mean, he was manipulating people. I mean, he conned Sawyer. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. I think that was his way when, of grieving. When death. you say that he was manipulating people <laughs> and he was doing dark stuff, yeah. like he was manipulating Sawyer to try and make him be friendly to people. Yeah. <laughs> Against his. <laughs> yeah, but that's dark for Hurley. And I think this is why. Yeah. He was just trying to exercise vengeance on the world. Yeah. I thought I, I wish they would have kept um, Michelle Rodriguez on the show. I would like to see what that character would have done in the, the subsequent seasons. I mean, she's she was she she had all the makings to be one of the yeah you know, another badass on the show. Yeah. And she's a movie star, isn't like the 
right it's the type of person you want to have on your show mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely i mean they, they had... probably would have had to have written her out eventually anyway just because of the movies mm, yeah yeah because yeah. that was it was when did the first fast and the furious come out was it before her like oh one i see mm. and then oh lost kicked up in 06 right yeah um, so she was kind of I, I see and then they brought her i i know she was like out of a couple of the fast and the furious movies like yeah because like, she dies in i want to say four mm. Mm. and then comes back in five that sounds right is that right yeah, it sounds correct or does she die in four and come back in six something yeah i think she dies in four yeah. and comes back in six i see because I think she comes back in the Jason Statham one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. I think that was the one. I saw that one. I see. Or is Jason Statham okay. seven? I don't know. I think we need to do the Fast and the Furious movies backwards. <laughs> I think that would be fucking amazing. Just watch them sort of deconstruct. Oh yeah. shit! <laughs> to like we're just watching only Corona bottles and bikinis. Like, <laughs> that's all I remember. The first one. Uh, no, the first one's basically Point Break with cars instead of surfboards. Oh yeah. shit! That's right. Yeah, it did feel like that. These people are liars, John. Uh, that's what we hear from uh, from from uh, Jack. When mm. it's weird because we keep getting, um, and this is something that I think the show does well, where it keeps all these all these different uh, all these different groups kind of vague. You know, the Losties themselves, they, we kind of have a feel of who they are. We don't know who the enemy are. It is. You know, they could be these uh, terrible people, but. Uh, we keep on getting these mixed messages that they're that they're terrible people and uh, they're killers and liars and we know that um, they start mentioning a guy with a beard that has taken Walt or whatever so like um, you know there's all this stuff and then we know off of the long game that um, that this is all we've seen in episodes that we've that we've already done in the show where um, like we know that 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 whole tent city or whatever it was was of course all just you know a bunch of make ups where they they had it but or they had these places but they're all dressed up in like shabby clothes and wearing fake beards and all this weird stuff um but that doesn't really go anywhere later like they 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 were using it to like i guess to trick those who have crashed the island i guess it was successful in that way but it was, it was such a strange Side point where you know you have these this dirty camp city that yeah then later on we get that that weird lost town with actual houses and stuff next the others when we see them you know throughout time interacting with other people that come to the island they don't generally try to trick them into thinking that they're these weird savages or whatever right right we don't like, see any they of pretended that. to be soldiers one time and yeah like when the freighter else. folk come in season four and they you know there's none of that. Um, but I think by then, like a chunk of them are gone. Yeah. And then um, we know that we have uh, we have temple stuff that happens later on. Um, and even then, they're just it, it's it it kind of it holds itself to that mysteriousness. Um, Aren't the temples like other others? Oh, that's right. Like they're they're the actual other others. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, Yeah, I think there's those others and the others that live in the Dharma Village. Doing other stuff. I, I see. Yeah. Well, we're going down a rabbit hole. But if we, yeah. if we're, if we're looking back on this episode, like um, uh, Anna does run into Christian Shepherd. He invites her to come with him to uh, to Australia as his bodyguard. She does go, and it looks like he puts her up in some like good digs. I don't know if she's yeah. paying for herself over there because you know apparently TSA salary. <laughs> yeah. So you know, um, so she's there, 
And he has her come along with her at four in the morning as his bodyguard for him to go and check on his daughter uh, in Australia. Yeah. And uh, why would you need a bodyguard for this setup? Well, because the woman that he goes to talk to is not Claire's mom. It's her sister, who we see later on uh, in the one where she's in a coma. I remember. Yeah. And she hates it. Yeah. Yeah, so, she told him not to come back. Yeah. And... I guess he was just afraid that she would beat him up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he needed a bodyguard to protect him from a comatose, you know, ex-lover yeah. and uh, her, you know, her her caretaker sister. Yeah. And oh. this this uh the fact that she didn't he didn't go see her mom and we don't know who that is goes along with my theory from the that coma episode where that lady in a coma was not the same lady who's Claire's mom later on. That's right. And she is, in fact, a con artist taking her identity <laughs> to get the uh, Oceanic money later on because she only shows up after the plane crash and everything. Yeah, Australian Kim Basinger, I yeah. believe. So, I, I don't know. Are you, well, how do you guys feel about the interaction that we see between Christian Shepard and Anna? Because it almost like he, he, he feels like he's ghost of Christmas future or something. Yeah. Right? Like, he kind of shows her what she could become. Um, he's a disgraced doctor, lost his medical license, couldn't practice, and is just kind of getting wasted. Um, they meet at a bar. But I don't see her getting, like, airport bar drunk. I think it was almost like she just needed to take the edge off. Yeah, what's well, after running. work drunk? Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but what would... Is it because it feels like she doesn't have much motivation to go with this guy? Is it just that she's trying to get away from this this murder rap that she's obviously done? Is that the main thing? Is that why she jumps on the plane? Like why is she yeah. at the airport? Well, yeah, and that her last scene was with when she's calling her mom from the airport when she's coming back and saying, you know, I screwed up and and you knew what I did and I had to get away from you because of the shame of it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Her mother knows exactly what happened. Yeah, but. The mother tells her, she says she wants to come home, and the mother says, come home. But what what would have happened if Oceanic, you know, Flight 815 had landed, and she went home to her mother? I, like, her mother seems like uh, someone who is not even going to bend the, the rule of law, not even for her child. Right. And we've seen that theme come up on the show before. Why do you think that uh, the mom wouldn't bend the rules? Because she said, you're going to need my help. She did. She said, yeah. you're going to need my help in the beginning. And I think she's, I, I almost got the sense that the mom wanted her to, to confide in her and then she would give her that help in whatever legal way, maybe. But it, it seems like, um, it doesn't seem like the mother is of the mind to just give this up. Not from what we've seen in the episode. Not, uh, well, from what I've seen. What do you guys think? I don't, I don't think that the mom was thinking we're, we can cover this up mm. because she, she points out that this is probably going to be a dead-end investigation. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you're right. right. So the mom knows that uh, Anna Lucia is going to get away with it, but she says that you're going to need my help. So what I'm thinking is not that she's offering that we're going to bend the, bend the law to get you off scot-free. It's that she's going to be in Anna Lucia's corner to sort of make people less suspicious, oh, I guess. Yeah, yeah I, I I could see that. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of got the feeling that it was like, she's not going to help her as, as a cop. She's going to help her as a mom, mm -hmm. like emotionally supporting her. Yeah. Also, too. Getting her to be a good person. 
I mean, I'm not a police officer. Oh, <laughs> I'm not a cop. But I would imagine, like, um, and from what we see of Analysia's mother, she looks like uh, she's not she's not in a plain blue uniform. She's someone high up within the police department. I would imagine, in order for her to get that far, she would, as a police officer, would have to see so much shit and see all the different ways that the legal system and uh, in general law enforcement can fail people, I would imagine that there is maybe a streak of that kind of stuff in the mom, as Anna Lucia is her mother's daughter, right? right? Like, So you can imagine, well, I don't know. I don't know if the mom would be going, would be willing to go so far as to commit murder, because that's what she does. Right. But I think not talking about the murder is something that, yeah, a woman would do for her daughter, especially if she's a cop and, you know, how cops feel about people that shoot cops. Yeah. After this episode, it almost feels like uh, the Analysia character is the negative, like the photo negative of what Kate was. Because mm-hmm. Kate had a mother. She also was responsible for a murder, um, but she didn't have the support of her mother at all. Whereas mm-hmm. in this case, Analysia's mother is willing to, to help her out. or Yeah, at least like Kate's mom help. is like, leave, never come back. I don't yeah. want to see you again. Right. Uh, whereas uh, Analysia's mother is just come home. Yeah. Yeah. And. That's an that's a it's an interesting thing. I really wonder. I, I wonder if they would have explored that. Well, what it would have looked like in the flash sideways, maybe if she had come back. Yeah. And what, if they try to play well, out that scenario. When we do see her in the flash sideways, where presumably the plane lands, she's she's still a cop, right? Yeah. Or is she a driver for somebody. Well, it's like she. When they break somebody oh she jail? was like a, she was a dirty cop yeah in, that's what it was future. yeah she had she had taken a bribe to get hurley out of jail or someone out of jail yeah yeah so so um but she would have been on the flight too right like um yeah so i don't know how that i don't know scans but yeah whatever so, um but we uh we we I do like that that finishing scene. We're kind of skipping around, but whatever. Like uh, I do like that the closing scene we get with Michael, where uh, Michael does kill both of those. I thought that was some good acting by um by the, by the guy that plays mm-hmm. Michael. Like um, you can see he, he's he he does a good. I just shot someone face. Yeah, I was kind of digging that. I was like, all right, I'm I'm in. Yeah, Harold Perrineau. Yeah, he's on um. I think currently you can see him on uh, TNT's Claws. He uh-huh. plays like the. Uh, I think the mentally unstable brother of Niecy Nash or something. I haven't watched oh. the show, but I just I know he's in there. Yeah, I'm glad he's Is still working. Is that about like a black Santa Claus or something? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's about um, like Shaft, like Santa. I think it's Niecy Nash and a bunch of other women run a nail salon or something like that. But they're also swept up with drugs and yeah. I've seen the commercials where it looked like Breaking Bad, but. They were also running a nail salon. Yeah, that was originally a pilot shot. They were trying to shop it over to HBO, and HBO was all like, no. <laughs> and so they sold it to TNT. Mm, I like my idea better. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was a kid, maybe 10, I went to my dad's like Christmas party for work with my brothers and stuff, and they had uh, one of the guys from his office dressed up as Santa, but he was a black man. Wow. And so when I... What is this, like, like, 90s? Yeah, this is the 90s. Yeah, all right. And so all all the kids had to, like, go sit in his lap and, like, get a present from him. And everyone got this little toy, uh, this little teddy bear. Was it Newport's? Oh, it was a teddy bear. But uh, I sat in his lap and said, well, what do you want for Christmas? I was like, you're not Santa. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then then I, I realized what I had said, and he was like, well, why did you say that? And I was like, uh, well, I can't say what I'm thinking. <laughs> so then I pulled his beard off and ran away. And everyone laughed, and no one thought I was racist. Is that a is that a real thing? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! And that's everyone incredible. laughed, and no one thought I was racist. You know what? I remember as a kid going to like a mall here on the island, and there was a black sauna, and I was just all like, "I'm also black, but <laughs> doesn't like sound like a Nordic guy." I just I don't know. I remember yeah. I was that stupid little kid, just going like, yeah, "All right, fine." So like you see, I remember going to the mall, sitting on the lap, and then they're just like, "So tell Santa what you want." I was like, "I want this, this, and this," and he's like, "All right, be good." And I remember how fucked up it was because like, um, I remember our family was like broke, so I would ask him for like Super Nintendos, and like came Christmas, I would get like uh maybe like some socks and school clothes, and I was like, "This, this will not stand, Santa." Damn you, Black Santa! <laughs> I said specifically Super Nintendo and Super Mario RPG. Give me those two things. He couldn't come through, Santa. But anyway, yeah. I think I'm gonna write that sketch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you remember going to the mall or sitting on a on a Santa's lap at all? I have no memories of that. It's weird that we make our that, that parents do that with yeah. their kids. Like I have like, photographic evidence that it happened, but I have no memory of it. That's amazing. I just remember I remember that and like the Easter Bunny. They used to have them at the mall and yeah. like. I always thought that was strange. Like, Santa I get, but who, like, is anybody, who needs to take a picture with the Easter Bunny? Unless someone was just I also have photographic evidence of me doing that. Ah. And uh, there was a time where I was an adult and I sat on the Easter Bunny. (laughs) (laughs) And it turned out that the Easter Bunny was a girl. That's amazing. And I felt real bad because I was fat. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so another one, I don't remember, I remember... Like, I've seen the pictures that's happened. I just don't remember doing it. Like, does the Easter Bunny ask you what you want for Easter or yeah. talk to you at all? Yeah. Or what is the deal? Does it just hand you, like, an Easter egg or whatever? Also, how did you know that Easter Bunny was a girl? Uh, you can kind of see through the eyes. Oh. <laughs> she had very kind eyes. <laughs> no, no, no. The, uh, the Easter Bunny, like, headpiece, oh. it had, like, real big eyes that right. were, like, that mesh. sort of, yeah, yeah, net or mesh or whatever. I see. I, I like... mostly wanted to write the Black Santa thing, just because uh, <laughs> if we make it where it's like he's supposed to be Shaft, right, yeah. but he's Santa Claus instead, <laughs> then we could say he's got a list of naughty mother... Shut your mouth! <laughs> he's talking about Claus. <laughs> oh, it's incredible. Oh my god. So wait, Locke lies about how Analysia gets her injuries to Jack. Right. What the fuck is that about? He doesn't want... Jack to kill him? I don't know. Kill Ben? Hurt Henry? Wait. Or embarrass him and Lucia? I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. He, he wouldn't want uh, Ben to be killed because yeah. uh, Ben's teasing him with the oh, you could right. be special yeah. thing. Yeah. He wants to know what that's oh, all about. That keeps coming back throughout the whole series like where people keep telling uh, John Locke that he's special and he keeps eating it up like every single time. That... You are special is his Charlie Brown football, like for yeah. real on this show. It's it's fantastic, and he falls for it every time. No, like, a, a lot of the people on the show just want to be special. That's yeah. true. I feel like it's so much more so pronounced with the. Oh, the John it's definitely Locke like Locke is way way more into it than yeah. Everyone else is, but there's a lot of people where it's like e- even Ben, like Ben is the leader of the others. 
but he wants to be more special. Like you see it when uh, he finds out that Locke was uh, communicated with Jacob. Mm. He's like, I never got to talk to Jacob. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is like um. And and another theme like the that's a theme that keeps coming back on this series. You're special. The other theme that keeps coming back that we saw tonight is that um, uh, the idea of running. You know, we mm. of course we kind of touched on some of the similarities between Analysia's arc and Kate's arc throughout the show, but they're both on the run, and um, and all these characters are basically running from something. We we know that much, um, but um, I. I do like that we that we get that in um, Anna Lucia. She, yeah, she's a. Uh, I, I like they I like that they have her as a runner as well. Yeah, and to uh, kind of subtly hammer that point home when when Anna Lucia and uh, Christian Shepherd they pull up to the lady's house in the middle of the night. They're playing a Patsy Cline song on the radio, which is generally only in Kate episodes. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I wrote that down. Um, yeah, it's a Patsy Cline song. Um, I think it's walking after midnight. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. Yeah, like um, I do find um, that kind of fun. Uh, I'm glad that they put that in there. How interesting! Yeah. So it's uh, interesting when they, when Christian Shepherd and and Lucia part ways in the car in front of the bar when he, he says, "Hey, let's go get in there and, and get become pathetic drunks together," and she takes a beat and says, "No, no." Yeah, she says no twice. Yeah. Is there any significance in the two times? Well, I think it's... Because when I, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, well, I mean, if they both get in and get drunk, then how are they going to get home? They're going to have to drive drunk <laughs> without even thinking about the context of, oh, yeah, that's how she's... That's why she's getting written off the show. So... Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they gave, the writers gave Michelle Rodriguez the opportunity to say no to drunk driving. Oh, the shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> I see. And it's like, well, she had a moment. Um... Michelle Rodriguez did. Anna Lucia, straight arrow, doesn't yeah. like to drive, drive drunk. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, 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 I like that. Is, is what we're seeing? Is it supposed to be where Christian Shepherd is her is the future Anna Lucia? Like, is that what she's seeing in him? I don't know if I, I if I keep going back to this uh, Ghost of Christmas Future thing, but um, can she see herself in Christian Shepherd? Someone yeah, that's just a lot like, of the ways because his whole thing when he's talking to her is about his bad relationship with his son and his daughter and she's having this bad relationship with her mom because she had to run away so it's, she's saying that she's saying what it, it could be or how it affects people amazingly at the end of this episode yeah that that when where they're driving to the bar or after they leave um after they leave that home uh where where christian goes to the door she reveals her real name to Christian. She says, yeah. Yeah, I'm Alicia. And he's like, I'm still Tom. Meaning that he's, he's, he is going to be who he's going to be. And yeah. at this moment, we see her maybe making a, she does make a genuine change. Because instead of staying in Australia and just becoming this pathetic lush alongside another pathetic lush, she, mm. she chooses something different for yeah. herself. But that change is short lived when the, you know, she ports that flight. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing is... Wait, so Christian Shepherd dies in that bar? Between that bar and when she gets to the airport, he's dead. And Jack's there. That's right. Yeah, so he's been dead long enough for Jack to get there. Yeah. And she sees him while she's standing in line at the airport. There's Jack um, giving this, like, heartfelt, you know, moving speech to the to the person at the at the front desk. 
Um, I, I get the feeling, a very strong feeling that we're going to see that scene again, maybe in a Jack-centric episode. It feels like they, they, they picked that one out and they right. threw it in this episode because it seems kind of like it didn't fit because he was making this desperate plea. Well, you know, it kind of fit because we already seen... Well, it's a Shepherd. very it's a very emotional scene for Jack, which is an odd thing just to have kind of happening on the side. Yeah, as part of a of an Analysia flashback. Right. But she sees that, yeah. and that's probably her impetus to call her mother. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I she was already in line to fly back. You're right. Yeah. And now it's just you know she has reason to call now instead of just showing back up. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, you're right. That, that that does give her the the motivation to call her mom. Yeah, I don't even pick up on that. I was just like, what is this here? <laughs> what is this scene here? But yeah, it makes it makes perfect sense. Huh? Also, it explains why they have to use those fake names, and so she never knows Christian Shepherd's name because otherwise, when she meets Jack Shepherd, the doctor, or the drunk dad, she'd know that he was him. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. No, that that does make sense. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a convenient writing device. They're just <laughs> like, we won't use real names. And then you're just like, yeah, all right, I'll come with you to Australia, weird guy whose name I don't know. <laughs> and and that happens. Yeah, I, I liked that we got a grittier Christian Shepherd. I feel like uh, a lot of these episodes, because Christian Shepherd is throughout the series, we always get like a very, like, it feels almost like the, the writers kind of use the Christian Shepherd character as like a template, depending on what what story they're telling in this case we're we're hearing the Anna lucia story and they just made him like this gritty lush you know what i mean and yeah. i and he ends up being a mentor and to her in a way or he mentors her on what not to do because she sees this guy like you know um popping off at some random woman at her door at four in the morning sees this guy that's kind of a fall down on the street trunk um and she chooses something else for herself and it's kind of Due to both shepherds, Jack and, yeah. and Christian, she kind of gets the impetus to be like, oh, I don't want to fuck with this. Let me just. So, so what you're saying is the shepherds guided her. <laughs> yes. This show, not subtle. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we see yeah. that happening. Also, we see Jen in line behind Jack while he's making this uh, impassioned, emotional plea, and we know at this moment. That Jin doesn't speak English. He hasn't been learning English until later on. So, what do you think he thinks is going on? That this dude is just crying at the at the uh, the counter. He is not. He is not happy with his seat, yeah. his seating and <laughs> and uh, business class. He spoiled wants American. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it, it's it's that he was looking for his overhead bag. It's. Or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's so. That's that's gotta be f- so strange. There's a, there's a thinking about that, but like in reverse that scenario. There's a scene in um, in like the first season of a different show, and in, in, in Atlanta, it's just uh, it's a bunch of rappers standing around, and then there's a there's a Chinese man sitting against a fence, and he's yelling and crying into a phone, and they never ever explain <laughs> to you what he's yelling about or who he's yelling to or what he was crying about but it's so strange and like a little surreal or it's just like some 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 dude just sitting in the sitting against a fence yelling into his cell phone while he's crying in in chinese or or i think it was mandarin or something but it's just it's a bunch of rappers around and it's kind of like this scene but every first we see jack and uh jen and jen also uh he sees hurley and Libby trying to have their picnic on the beach, and he gives gives Hurley the thumbs up, 
which has turned into my most used GIF. I, I love that. I mm-hmm. love that so much that we finally saw that episode because yeah. we've we've used that GIF in our our um, in our uh, when we've messaged each other before yeah. this show. Um, and yeah, if I, you message us at WhatBroPod on anything, we'll send you that GIF. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a tasteful gift. We'll yeah. gift it to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's just a, a good Jin, Jin Kwan giving you the thumbs up, guys. Yeah. Oh, and also after that scene, no, not that, right after that scene, before that scene, when it is something sex. Oh, the sex scene. We have the sex scene with Anna Lucia and Sawyer. Oh, shit. How did we not talk about, about that, that yeah. yet? All right, let's jump right into that shit. I totally I thought forgot. you were going to say, let's jump on it. <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 jump on it jump on it that, yeah. was, that was bad that was bad all right um yeah like um i forgot this happened i think i remember it happening well i didn't remember it happened until seeing it again and i was like oh that's right that, that did happen and that's never touched on again i thought yeah it was just well, gonna she be dies right after <laughs> true true i thought that she was just gonna use the kissing part to get his gun away from him and maybe stick his own gun in his face. And right. she yeah, like, I, I thought when she was pulling his shirt off, it's just like, oh, yeah, she's just going to, like, wrap it around his head like a hockey <laughs> fight. That's amazing. Yeah, nope. No, she, well, you know, yeah, she wanted to get that gun and yeah. she wanted to get that gun. Yeah. She's got needs, too, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she does. Oh. But yeah, so she, she steals that gun from Sawyer, the gun that she is killed with. So... Well, if this is Sawyer's fault. Whoa. I don't think Sawyer's yeah. going to think it's Sawyer's fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was... Well, if she didn't take the gun, yeah, she wouldn't wanted... have happened. Yeah. And here's the thing. Homegirl had a knife on her the whole time. Oh, yeah. And, like, she could have she, she made something happen with that. Yeah, she didn't need a gun to kill Ben. Yeah, Ben's sitting there tied up. He doesn't really have any real, you know, use of his, of his, of his limbs or anything like that. Yeah, yeah that was the... Uh... That was a lot of tying that they did yeah. to him. Yeah. Like, I was looking at that, I was just like, I wonder if this is, like, sexual knots. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at those ropes, and yeah. those ropes look silky as fuck. Yeah. Like, they look so soft. <laughs> they look like like straight-up torture ropes yeah. that people use. And it's tied very cleanly. Like, anytime I've had to tie stuff up or tie it down, like, it's just a bunch of ropes coming from all different angles and knots all over the place, like... Yeah, like that's, that's the reason why I was wondering if it was like sexual because <laughs> it's like the only time I see like someone tied up that cleanly is in porn yeah yeah he's like oh so Locke were you like an eagle scout or something like no <laughs> he has to get tied up extra because at the beginning of the episode when NOC and him were talking about how she's a, she's a real killer or whatever and he gets up and chokes her and uh, so they just get tied down more. But this is also the only time we ever see Ben without a weapon, like physically attacking someone yeah. and being effective at it. Yeah, he, he was surprisingly effective. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that was, that was crazy. Could have been like desperation strength or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, ah, I got This lady gonna kill me. <laughs> I gotta get my Henry Gale ass out of her. <laughs> I don't know why he went southern. But yeah, um, yeah, he doesn't get out of there. Oh, he actually, he does by the end of this episode. Oh, yeah. Like, the door opens, and uh, it's just Michael standing there with a gun and two dead bodies and a soon-to-be-free Ben Linus. Yeah. And, and then Michael turns the gun slightly towards him and fires, and 
Wham. Yeah. So it's like, did he shoot himself in the chest, in the shoulder, in the arm? Because it didn't look like he was lining up for a kill shot on himself. No. I always find that so interesting when um, when stories have that that plot device where like, well, you got to injure yourself to make it look real, or that somebody was, you know, that right. there really was a break in, or this thing isn't totally staged. But like, um, oh, it's a fun trope. It's yeah. it's fun when it's used sparingly. I don't think it. I don't think any show uses it over. <laughs> so imagine if there was a character that just kept shooting himself. You're like, they all shot, and I got, but I got shot, but I survived though. Yeah. I just got winged a little bit. It's just, <laughs> I would imagine a character that keeps winging himself in the same spots. It's like it's the uh, it's the winged killer, the guy that kills everybody and then shoots himself and then wakes up with cops around. Like I don't know what happened. <laughs> just woke up and I had this one shot in my arm where there are several other shots that have healed over a period of time. Yeah, it didn't go too deep because it hit the other bullet that's still in there. <laughs> it's like kinetic balls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that guy cannot go through a, uh, a uh, an airport um, metal detector yeah. machine whatever. Maybe that's why he had to kill Anna Lucia so that he could get through uh, TSA. Yeah. 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 He's like, alright. Um, Henry Gill... Uh, kind of talks to Analysia at, at some point in the episode while he's locked up and he says, um, none of this matters, I'm dead anyway. I don't know, this is a conversation with Law, sorry. Um, where he said that his people are going to kill him. Like we were mentioning that the conversation that he has, like, uh, you know, he works for a man that's, that's that doesn't tolerate failure. And then um, I think we're safe in, uh, I feel like he's speaking about himself and all that um, enough to, to kind of get him free. But... Yeah, so strange. Is there anything else yeah. we missed? Uh, no, I think that was it. The only other thing I wanted to say was after the uh, the sex scene, it cuts to Hurley packing up his his picnic food, and the thing that's dead center in the in the shot is some Dharma brand sausage. Oh, damn! As opposed to Sawyer brand sausage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you weren't sure what happened, here's a hint. <laughs> So it's time to start wrapping up some Easter egg corner. All I really got was that the the police uh, station parking lot in the beginning of the episode is the top of the parking garage for the Dole Cannery Theater. And then, yeah, the Patsy Cline song. And that's all I got. Nice. There was a line that someone said at some point during this episode where I was like, hey, someone says that later. But I don't remember what the line was. I think I, I think I remember what you're talking about here. Uh, like like it wasn't something that I've heard often enough on the show to think like oh, this is an Easter egg. Right. But it's like I've I've heard the exact same line. I can't remember what it was. Do you remember who said it? No. Oh, I, I do know that at one point, um, Libby tells Hurley while they're trying to find the beach that they're gonna do their picnic on <laughs> that it's okay if he's lost. Bump bump. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. They're like, <laughs> Linda Lofton Hughes is like, we get one of these per season. <laughs> they were saving it the whole second season until three episodes from the end of the season. Yeah, you know, like, uh, they're sitting in the writer's room, there's a brand new writer to the, to the show in season two. He's like, all right, how about this? Um, it's okay for you to say that you're lost, Hurley. And then Damon, Damon Lindelof and Carlton Hughes just grab his script and like, rip it up and like, we don't do that here. <laughs> We don't do that for this show. <laughs> we should put that in the next episode. <laughs> huh? 
All right, so what have you guys been getting lost in? It's time for that. Oh, sweet. Um, what have I been getting lost in? Um, I have actually been getting lost in... Oh, my God. There is... I, we, we were talking about it a little bit um, outside, but I am so enamored by this new docuseries. Or just a docuseries. You guys can probably pull it up later. But it's produced by Lifetime. It's Surviving R. Kelly. Like, <laughs> holy shit. That thing is a six-parter. There's like wow. It's like six one-hour episodes. They were playing one a night on, on Lifetime. But this thing is blowing up all across. Like, well, it's blowing up. I think a lot in the black community because people kind of knew and a lot of people supported R. Kelly through um, his career and through all these uh, allegations, which he was declared not guilty. But if you watch this six-part miniseries, it'll it'll give you a little bit of a clearer idea of what was going on within this singer's life where he was hurting women. And, and essentially, not even essentially, he was basically trafficking like a, he had like a sex slave group right. and a sex cult of young underage girls and most of his homes over a period of two decades and it's still continuing to now but um there's a there's a few things that have been underway since the documentary there's a there's a hashtag mute r kelly movement that's being headed up by a few people um and then uh, a few people part of the me too movement were kind of you know heading this up but um this docuseries is incredible like the the it's compelling if you guys get a chance to watch it i would definitely say check it out it, but it's it is, it is very sad. So if, oh, if you're into, if you're into docuseries, oh man, this is, this is, this is something that I would check out because like it's a, it's, it's, I think it's important, especially like going into how culture is and it shines a light on things where like, if, um, I don't know, uh, not to get too deep into it, but I'm of the mind like, and I, I don't, uh, I, I think if he had done any of this stuff to any kind of white women, then I think he would have he would have been in jail a long time ago. But because he was picking up, you know, black Young Latino black women, girls. yeah, and then it, it became a different thing. And a lot of it, um, a lot of people don't like to talk about, but like um, in the black community, it's kind of a thing where like you see them. Yeah, I don't know. This is weird, but I'll say whatever. Um, you see a lot of them, a lot of parents sacrificing their children for their own personal gain. So they, a lot of these girls went in thinking that they were going to get like recording contracts and record deals with, uh, with R. Kelly, but that wasn't the case. You also see it in the black community where like they train their sons to be athletes. So they can go and bang their head around as long as they get mama a house and that's what's important. And that's it. The document kind of documentary kind of touches on it, but R. Kelly couldn't have done this alone. He needed a whole bunch of people around him enabling him. Homeboy can't even read. That's what the documentary yeah. reveals, that he's, he, he is borderline illiterate. Like, he can't read. Like, and, and he was able to carry out this whole thing. But anyway, I found that documentary crazy fascinating, and I just could not look away. It was <laughs> terrible and very eye-opening to what that guy was doing over a course of 20 years. So, yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, he's, he seems like a terrible monster. I wouldn't want to support him. Terrible monster that can't read. Hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> there that we go. Line. Holy uh, shit, that's right. Because uh, that, that was also mentioned by someone in the sideways reality in the airport. Oh. Oh, arts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right, that's the arts. I remember. Who's going to be one of the special guests at Lost Con next year. Oh, nice. Nice. What have you guys been getting lost in? 
if it's not depressing docuseries. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing that I've uh, recently been getting lost in, uh, I had bought the uh, DC Universe, uh, or not bought, but uh, I bought a year of the DC Universe streaming app mm. uh, where they have uh, the movies and TV shows and comics. And I, I got it specifically because I, I enjoy reading comics. So I'm like, oh, sweet, you guys are going to give me some comics for free to read. Uh, the selections have not been that great. However, one of the other streaming comic services that I subscribe to, Comixology Unlimited, finally started adding DC comics to read. Mm. And now there are more DC comics available for me to read nice. on the Comixology Unlimited app than there is for me to read on the DC Universe <laughs> app. What? Good fucking job, Warner Brothers. <laughs> In any case, I, I am reading DC Comics, though. Nice. Any any favorite that you have or something that's been catching your attention? Um, I have actually been trying to get into Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol, which is a, a very, very 90s Vertigo title. Vertigo is DC's adult, re, uh, adult reader imprint. Which doesn't necessarily just mean that there's titties and fuck. <laughs> but uh, it's supposed to be like, you know, concepts that you wouldn't necessarily like want to have like a 12 year old trying to figure out. Mm. Uh, and there's, there's a lot of uh, really weird stuff that goes on in there. Um, I'm like taking it kind of slow getting into that, but uh, it's something that I do want to read all the way through. Say that one more time. Grant Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol. Uh, Doom Patrol existed before uh, Grant Morrison uh, was writing them. They're actually a classic team. Who uh, DC Universe app is going to have uh, the the TV show of Doom Patrol, but I'm not sure if it's going to be more influenced by classic Doom Patrol, where it's just a bunch of weirdo losers, or if it's going to be. Uh, Psycho Soap Opera, which is the more Grant Morrison stuff. I see. Uh, cool. What That's about cool. you, Dave? Uh, I've been getting lost in helping my new wife change her name to my last name. Nice. Having to go to the DMV and everywhere else. And How many places need like two forms of ID to change your new ID? So you have to get that first two forms before you can get a lot of other things. Yeah, that's right. Is it, yeah. is it tough? Like, I mean, was it tough to get all that stuff done? Really, it's, it's tough to do it when she works full-time, so she has to take time off of work because these places are only open during business hours. So I it's see. just scheduling everything. I see. Yeah. yeah, that seems like a pretty big pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, we're all men. Yeah. We don't have to change our names unless we really want to. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. I actually had a uh, my high school speech and debate coach. Mm. He changed his last name on getting married uh before he got married, his name was Corey Rosen. Mm. I don't remember what his wife's first name is, but her last name was Lee. Mm. So uh, they both changed their name to Rosen Lee. Oh, huh. interesting. Yeah, that's cute. That's kind of a nice name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what's been going on. I've been getting lost in. It's time for the. Uh, it's time for our Untitled Chance Predictions for next week's okay. segment. And uh, this up. I like to think that Which? the word "untitled" <laughs> is actually part of the title. Yeah, it is. Okay. I think that's the official title. Okay. Um, well, actually, we've done this one already. Yeah. The all right. So. Oh no no never mind. Okay. So. Not 
Yeah, next week for your, you listeners, not next week for us yeah. watching the show. Right. So next week for you listeners, it's going to be um, season two, episode nineteen, and that's entitled SOS. All right. So uh, the very last thing that's going to happen on the show is that Jack and Kate are wandering in the jungle, <laughs> and then they hear uh, some footsteps, and someone like falls down, and then they go, Michael, Michael. <laughs> Michael. 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 So many Michaels. Because yeah. that, that is how this episode started. Yeah. And it was also uh, what was going on in the middle of the episode right after he woke up. Yeah. So many Michaels. <laughs> like, that's actually the first thing that I wrote yeah. on my notes. Yeah, it's just I, Michael. That was the an alternative uh, title for this episode. Instead of Two for the World, they were just going to call it Michael, Michael, Michael. Michael? Yeah. Michael? yeah. It Michael. Was, it was going to be like a... Uh, Michael? <laughs> like a... Uh, uh, Michael. What is that family? Michael? The step, the step family? Oh, God. Never mind. Step by step? No, the older one. Um, <laughs> the Brady, Brady Bunch? Bunch? Brady Bunch. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Uh, took me a while to get there, but I got there. Michael, Michael, yeah. Michael. <laughs> That's what Jermaine Jackson said yeah. all yeah. the time. Oh, yeah. Like, they're gritted teeth. Uh, so that that's how it's going to end. Uh, it is going to be an episode that is centered on... Um, let's say it's a Sawyer episode. Oh, okay. Great. So we'll, we'll be right back here. Um, next week for everybody, and you guys can hear that yeah. episode, SOS. So mm-hmm. stick with us. And Meanwhile, uh, what we're actually going to do <laughs> next week is watch the season finale. Yeah, yeah we're going to do it correctly. <laughs> we've, we've created yeah. our own mini-universe. with, with uh, Yeah, we have a split timeline right <laughs> we now. We do. <laughs> well, this is kind of like if we were watching the show live, and then we just had like, this three-week period where we just missed, missed the episodes. Yeah. We just have to catch up on them afterwards yeah it's like when you're uh when you're in high school and your teacher sends you home with like a holiday vacation homework thing where it's more than your usual homework yeah <laughs> you got three episodes y'all it'll be fine it'll be great yeah but um yeah, you already knew that because you listened to those episodes you guys heard already. it all yeah um you heard us do it correctly <laughs> oh fantastic um but that brings this episode to a close so thank you so much for listening yeah Thanks so much for listening. Tell a friend if you like the show. If you don't like the show, um, tell, tell a friend friends. anyway. <laughs> tell more friends if you don't like it. Tell a bunch of friends. And if Let you... them hate us yeah. together. <laughs> <laughs> Let it infuse us and make us stronger. That's the whole point of this podcast. Slash get strong off your friend's hate. Yeah. If you want to just troll us, go for it. Yeah. You can send us any gifts you want on, on Instagram at WhatBroPod or Twitter at WhatBroPod. Us yeah. on Facebook. If you guys want any gifts, we can't help you with that. If you want one specific gift, we can do that for you. Yeah. Imagine right now, Jin giving you a thumbs up. <laughs> Looking up from his fish and giving you a thumbs up. Yeah. I'm so happy I know that. That is a service that we offer. <laughs> <laughs> what if that was just our business? Our our brick and mortar stores where we just as reply a, with that yeah. gift. Reply. It would have to take up a physical place <laughs> to send. Yeah. Like, right. When we finally set up one our Patreon, gift. the $1 level is that we send you that gift every uh, month. Mm-hmm. They're like, couldn't we send ourselves this gift? Like, mm, you could, but yeah. it wouldn't well, be us. You already have it. And- Once you get to the $20 level, uh, you will receive a t-shirt 
with a drawing of uh, Jin giving a thumbs up. <laughs> and as we established before, if you get the, I think, $800 million level, um, you'll get a video of us masturbating to completion together yeah. in one room. I'm still waiting on those Saudi shoots. <laughs> Give us that oil money. <laughs> you, like the, it, That's just so easy for them. <laughs> They're just all like, we can make that happen. Yeah. That, that would be the weirdest coming into riches story. Like, <laughs> yeah. how did you guys come into all this new money? All you Nubarish folks. I'm like, well, you know. No, we just masturbated in a room together. <laughs> yeah, to some shouty sheiks for yeah. uh, $800. <laughs> Am I proud of it? Yeah, that money was well worth yeah. it. Like, uh, like, I don't even need $800 million <laughs> yeah. for that. I would do it for $8 million. <laughs> But don't you fucking undercut me. <laughs> Alright everybody, that's another episode in the can. You know what to do. Get lost.